0: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christopher Michael, joined, as always, by my co-host, Christopher David. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about public enemy number one, Bill Gates. There's a few honorable mentions that made the top of the list, including Klaus Schwab of the WEF and George Soros. But Bill Gates is definitely on our radar as someone who is causing astronomical damage to our culture, society, and planet. Judging from his blatant hypocrisy about climate change advocacy and public health initiatives, he checks all the characteristics of a communal narcissist. So let's get into it. To begin, what is a communal narcissist? Well, communal narcissist, there's a couple of different characteristics that goes to it. Uh, The first one is extreme dedication to specific charities or cause check. Mm -hmm. We've got that. Uh, Their devotion may cause them to neglect other important tasks or step on the toes of others.
1: I'd say that's uh, definitely happening.
0: So they they do whatever they want to do to step on the toes of other people, to use them, manipulate them to get what they want for their organization or whatever charity they say they're involved with. So they're doing it to get an advantage over others. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So an example of that would be, I believe it was South Dakota that he was able to change local or state laws, enabling him to buy more farmland than the citizens of that state.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely part of
1: it. Then in India, he was orchestrating basically a, a piracy scheme to take over their genetic rice population, because there's a lot of land race varieties there that he was trying to take ownership of so that he could start genetically modifying those crops.
0: Yeah. And at the end of the day, it all has to do with him. Mm -hmm. The the message is that it's for helping to have a green revolution like they were talking about in Africa with GMO uh, carrots and and bananas and and these different things. Which
1: that failed in India and that failed in Mexico and that absolutely failed here in the States.
0: Yeah. But the main point of it is it's about him. Mm -hmm. It's about his prestige. It's about him giving that's what he says but it's at the end of the day it's about the money
1: sure because how authentic is it when you're trying to give money to different organizations and you're the one dictating where that goes
0: so the next characteristic is they are often talking about having a mission or calling they consider serving the community to be the utmost of importance and they may deem any other interest as being petty or selfish
1: yeah, well, he's helping fund a team of Harvard scientists to figure out a way to block the sun <laughs> to help
0: reduce climate change.
1: And as we're going to see in this conversation, he doesn't give a good goddamn about the climate nope. or people.
0: Nope. At the end of the day, the communal narcissist is they have a great message usually. The message is amazing. It's hard to argue with, and that's why they're they're so dangerous. Is because they are seen sometimes as the the best person in their field, or they're incredibly charismatic. Um, they're able to get people to do what they want under the guise of public service. But
1: yeah, he sounds like he's the messiah.
0: Absolutely. And that's actually a really good point, because the next characteristic is coming across as a martyr. Oh, jeez. Where they will mock or degrade other people who do not share the same martyr-like interest
1: yes i definitely see that on social media and in the news you know because he spends a hell of a lot of money on marketing yes and his pr campaigns to make everything that he does seem like the coming of christ himself he's fixing all the world's problems he's going to be able to produce food for everyone as long as we have genetically modified food as long as everybody gets pumped up with their genetically modified vaccines.
0: Yes, and and, and he'll mock and degrade anyone that is against his message, even though when you look at the evidence put forth by us today, he is the one that is against his own message.
1: Well, let's get into that. So when it comes to climate change, what is he doing to make an impact in it?
0: The only thing he's doing for climate change to make an impact is a negative impact. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, one of the main things that that I wanted to bring up is his use of a private jet. So, he has a private jet and his burns 486 gallons of jet fuel in one hour, which is just crazy. In 2019, a study was conducted of top celebrity private jet flyers and Bill Gates was number one. Mm. And recently in your article, there's an alternative to tyranny. You said that the private jet emissions are 14 times higher per passenger than commercial planes. Correct. So just on the surface of it, if he actually cared about climate change, he would just fly commercial if he has to fly at all.
1: Exactly. Why can't he do a Zoom meeting?
0: Yep. Because at the end of the day, it's about him. It's about his comfort. It's about his money, making more, and being the most popular guy out there. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that entitlement. So when you said he has a jet, I actually wanted to say that he has multiple jets Mm. because he also has a private sports car collection. He has a whole ranch collection. He owns 270,000 acres of farmland Mm. and several thousand acres of private estates can you talk about the one giant one called xanadu 2.0
0: so this is a sixty-six thousand square foot mega mansion outside of seattle and and to give a, a little bit of perspective of people like us that live on a smaller scale and a simplicity 206 of our houses that we built could fit in there it's insane it's i can't even for one think person mm-hmm.
1: well actually maybe not just one person there might be some underage people also frequenting the place too
0: because allegedly
1: well that was actually one of the main reasons why melinda actually wanted to get a divorce with him mm-hmm. because of his involvement with jeffrey epstein and the sex trafficking that was going on with that
0: piece of shit yeah i mean and we know that he flew on the lolita express to jeffrey epstein's pedophile island
1: now when you do a search of that you really have to dig deep for that one because reuters fact checkers factcheckers.org or the whole army of satan with the mainstream media is out there to tell you that no he actually didn't go to (laughs) the pedophile island but he did fly on the plane Mm -hmm. he just didn't go there and he had multiple meetings with Jeffrey and he also spent a lot of time at Epstein's infamous Manhattan penthouse late into the
0: night Hmm. probably coming up with really great ideas of of how to control the climate yes Mm. yeah yeah and nothing to do with child sex trafficking
1: exactly right what is it with these oligarchs they love to do that all of them
0: it has to do with power It's the, it's the ultimate taboo, I think, in our culture to have sexual relations with children because they are not able to give consent. They, they are not uh, mature enough to make those decisions. Well, they just take it out of their hands and and they want to have the control, I think that's. It's all to do with control and power. Yeah, I mean, these
1: people, like when I say that they're broken, they're incredibly broken. Mm -hmm. There's no fixing them. The best thing that we can do is get as far away. What is that? Hide your men?
0: Hide your kids. Hide your wife.
1: Yeah, you definitely better hide your kids around this asshole. Mm -hmm. And see, these people are glorified. It's so disgusting. That, oh, we want to be as rich and influential and powerful as Bill Gates and the rest of these assholes. It's so sickening, the greed and envy that is marketed as a birthright for Americans.
0: Yeah, I think what really disgusts me the most is the hypocrisy that that comes with them all telling us what we need to be doing. We need to be living... Uh, below our means so that we're not consuming fossil fuels and then at the same time they're living in these mega mansions they have private jets they're going wherever they want eating whatever they want buying all the land that they want with, with seemingly no constraints to their reach
1: no they're just rapacious i mean jeff Bezos' mega yacht oh my goodness has an additional yacht support yacht <laughs> what it's it's absurd but we're supposed to idolize these people.
0: Yeah, I think that's really one of the main messages of of the, the podcast today and also the the mission that we're we're doing with New Revenant Society is to show people. You need to get out of the idea and that, that cognitive dissonance in your head, telling you, oh, Bill Gates is a good guy because he gives money to these people who are poor, he does this or that. That's the communal narcissism. He's built this cult of personality around himself. So it's really hard to try to pick out things that that he's doing because he likes to say that the good, I guess, outweighs the bad that he's doing. That he Well, there so is no bad track. that he does well, because
1: he spends millions of dollars on the PR campaigns to make him out to be mm-hmm. the greatest. I mean, he's the harbinger of light bringing... Water to Africans, bringing mm. food to poverty stricken areas. Meanwhile, he's tightening his grip around the necks of all these people, including us.
0: Mm. And I think it's really sick, kind of just kind of put it into a new direction. Uh, he had invested five hundred thousand shares into Monsanto. Can you want to talk about that?
1: Sure. And I'm sure the listener knows a heck of a lot about Monsanto already, but just to reiterate, they are a genetic engineering corporation that is out there to genetically modify crops, animals, viruses, bacteria for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. Because once they're genetically modified, they're patented and you're not allowed to grow them without Monsanto's consent. So then you were dependent on them for your seed supplies.
0: Yeah. And, and they use glyphosphates on them. Absolutely. And they say, oh, well, it's at a certain level that's actually it's perfectly fine for human consumption based off of these studies. You will not give me any type of facts or, quote, proof saying that those are okay for ingestion because I know that they paid for those studies to be done. Yeah, absolutely. It's just such a racket. It is a racket. The entire thing is smoke and mirrors. It's for them to control. They want to control agricultural, uh, the agricultural industry. That's a big part of it to control the food.
1: When you talk about the PR campaigns to make Gates look like he's the Messiah, Mm -hmm. that's all just a front, you know, and it's to bamboozle people and to keep them dumbed down to think that this guy has any other intention other than make a buck off of them and to control them. I mean, when he's trying, he's funding people to try to block the sun. I mean... (laughs) Isn't it amazing no one's taken this guy out? He's a complete nut job.
0: Yeah, that that's the the Messiah the God complex. Thinking sure. that one that they can change the food, genetically modify the food mm-hmm. so that it has this or it has that or there's a spliced gene from this and this makes it more yellow or whatever it is that they think they're doing with it. At the end of the day, with that and the vaccines, they're playing God. Mm-hmm. They want to corrupt the DNA mm-hmm. of us, mm-hmm. and and there's some proof that, that they're probably trying to put the mRNA into lettuce.
1: Yeah, Fedco Seeds Catalog, the 2021 edition, came out and was talking about how they were trying to genetically modify salad greens, specifically lettuce, mm-hmm. to make it so that those foods have the mRNA vaccines in them already. And this isn't going away. It's not like just because we ignore it, these people are rapacious. Mm -hmm. They're getting funding from Gates and the fellow oligarchs, billions of dollars to do this. So they're gonna keep doing it until the funding stops. So that's why I think it's absolutely critical for us to help encourage people And for the listener to start amassing their own seeds of what grows well in their area so that they're able to disseminate these really important human rights Mm -hmm. out when... The food supply is just getting more and more contaminated with these psychopaths.
0: Absolutely. So you were reading an article, I think, yesterday about the seeds. Can you talk about that? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I want to talk about this article from strange It's warning Bill Gates has taken control of the global production and warehousing of seeds. And in the article, they do a fantastic job of going through the history of how Gates The Rockefeller Foundation and the Ford Foundation and others, but those are the three main ones, have been going around the world and trying to amass these ginormous seed vaults where they're taking genetic information from the locally adapted seed sources. Like I said, India earlier, and they are genetically modifying them and then pumping them out into the local markets there. They've already been doing this in Mexico, where corn originated from. They did in India, like I said. They're doing it in the United States. The government is also working with them as well. The U.K. and the U.S. government is hand over fist helping out the Gates Foundation amass this genetic seed dispensary. And I believe that it is being used to genetically modify most of the major food sources in the world so that's rice, wheat, corn, soy, canola, etc. They're also trying to genetically modify tree species so that would be apples, peaches, pears, any type of mainstream commodity food source. I also want to say that in this article in quote the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation operates like the World Bank using its financial power and prowess to take control of agriculture and influence government and institutional agriculture policies. It goes on to talk about how Gates has accelerated scientific research institutions and paid billions of dollars into genetic modification for these crops. It's all the control
0: the food supply. Which is incredibly dangerous. If you're listening to this and, and you're thinking, oh, well, he's just... You know, buying seed companies, he's trying to uh, make some money on the, on the <laughs> seed market or something like that. No, 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 no. This is far more nefarious because what is the quickest, easiest way to control a population? It's through their food. It's the food because you have to have it every day. Absolutely.
1: And if you don't have, we've seen in, as, you know, chronicling the collapse of different countries around the world thus far, the only thing that gets people off their ass to revolt
0: is food. Oh, yeah, because, again, you need it every day. We all need to be thinking about where the food is coming from, where the next meal is going to come from. And you have to be planning six, eight months ahead of schedule so that you know what you're going to be doing. Now, when you bring up the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, when it in regard to the seeds, you said that it's kind of like the World Bank. Yes. What I think about when I hear that now is I think about the idea of the digital currencies, the sure. idea of the digital IDs, and and it really sounds like they're gonna try to control all of the seeds so that you can only get the seeds through them. Mm-hmm. They're controlling they're trying to control every single aspect of the agricultural industry.
1: And you can also see with going back to the Fedco seeds article about it. So Gates owns a lot of money in vaccines. They're trying to genetically modify crops to have these vaccines in them. And then, you know, so it's it's such a full circle and it's very in-depth. So they're not only covering their ass with controlling the food supply, but then it's also taking care of the vaccine issue that they want to make sure that people stay vaccinated.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it's... It's nefarious. It, it is not just some, you know experiment or idea. We've already seen that the mRNA vaccinations cause incredible harm to people. and it may not be every single person that takes it, but we don't know the long-term effects. They did what maybe six months of, quote, clinical trials before they started jabbing and mandating that everyone in the country and, and a lot of people around the world, get vaccinated to travel to go to work to do the things that people should be able to do anyway we know they don't work why are they putting it in the fucking food
1: to make more money
0: right it has nothing to do with health Mm -hmm. just like it has nothing to do with climate change has everything to do with greed and power you know
1: it's so true because like i said when i was when i'm researching for my book about appalachia It always goes back to corporations, you know, from the foundation of this country to where we are right now. And especially in Appalachia, it's all about corporations working in unison with government to make a profit at the expense of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you have local people selling out their communities, their states, their regions to get in on the strip mining of resources and wealth out of this area. But this happens, it's happening very much in Africa right now. Why all of a sudden does Gates give a shit about Africa? Well, Mm -hmm. it's because they can strip mine that country yet again, after a few hundred years of colonialism, the white man's back to do it in Mm -hmm. Africa.
0: And China's there too. They have a really big presence in Africa as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it's all about resources. It's not about this philanthropy bullshit of helping out people and making sure the welfare of others is upholded has nothing to do with that yeah
0: it's all about american corporatism Mm -hmm. that's why they've gotten involved in other countries all over the world since since the inception of this country everything has to do with american interest
1: yes but just a few at the top
0: right yes So American interest. So you can just take that, translate it over to it's Bill Gates interest. Mm -hmm. It's what he's interested in. Uh, None of it has to do with helping people or trying to make the world a better place. It has to do with his image and his bank account.
1: Absolutely. And this, the next thing I wanted to bring up doesn't necessarily have to do with Bill Gates specifically, but it's on the topic of the American Chestnut Foundation working hard to genetically modify the American chestnut. According to the American Chestnut Foundation, that tree was very prolific here, and it was destroyed by a blight from Asia. And so now the Chestnut Foundation is trying to bring that tree back. It hasn't worked just breeding resistance into the tree itself, so what they're trying to do is put inject a wheat gene into the DNA of the tree now i was speaking with someone who's very knowledgeable in the subject and they were talking about how the u.s forest service did a survey to see what the public wanted about that were they happy with a gmo chestnut tree being released into their communities and into forests and overwhelmingly the people said no Mm -hmm. but from what this guy is saying the u.s forest service and the government as a whole doesn't give a shit at all about what the people want. It's about making a profit and they're going to try to release this tree as quickly as possible and when the the testing is all done. But the insidious thing about it is that this is the test pilot for genetically modifying mainstream fruits and nut crops. So your apples, your peaches and pears and all that sort of thing. So I just wanted to say that Although it comes out and it's painted as something that is just really helpful and great for the environment, and oh, the American Chestnut Foundation is so excited about it, it's, there's a means to an end, and that is to control the food supply. That is to make as much money off of the remaining resources as possible to the detriment of our health of our natural ecosystems and the genetic biodiversity that we're really dependent upon, and also the planet as a whole. Yeah, in our
0: society. Yeah, of course. And then when you were talking about the, uh, the people in the area didn't want the genetically modified chestnut trees and the government and forestry service just basically said, okay, well, it's happening anyway. That's a symptom of, of the bigger problem that the government uh, people in government, jobs, organizations, mm-hmm. politicians, mm-hmm. they do not care what you want to have done. Yep. They are being paid by different people.
1: Lobbyists, mm-hmm. corporations.
0: To do what they want, the corporatism. So mm-hmm. this I, this fantasy that the government is for the people, by the people, it's just not true. It's something that you need to get used to if, if you have that cognitive dissonance in your head that they're still out there, the government's going to come, they're going to help everyone. So I'll get straightened out. It's never going to happen. It's a pipe dream. So you need to pop that. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable thinking that the country that you grew up in that has been hailed as, you know, the, the last great bastion of freedom in the world is probably one of if not the most corrupt country ever to exist
1: Mm -hmm. i think as a population we have been so mentally castrated to believe everything that they say is for our own good Mm -hmm. and if we question something and they gaslight us then we instantly are like oh well i'm sure it'll work out you know it's like no these people have shown us who they are consistently they're evil they're dishonest, they're manipulative, they're toxic. It's just like having an abusive partner. Mm-hmm. They wanna gaslight you, they wanna dumb you down, they wanna control everything. It's like these are little middle school hall monitors. <laughs> control everything in your life and it's like, okay, just come to terms with that's what's happening. Now what can we do to adapt to the situation? And the number one thing in terms of today's conversation is that we need to start growing as much as our own food as possible and making sure that they are open pollinated heirloom they're not hybrids and they're not genetically modified so that we can continue to save those seeds for future generations you know there was a woman that had commented on that article that i read earlier about bill gates being the largest owner of you know seed banking in the world and she said i feel really sad about where the world is going and i fear for my grandchildren well hun you can still buy wonderful organic heirloom open pollinated seeds from southern exposure seed exchange or baker creek heirloom seeds no we are not sponsors of them we just enjoy their seeds and you can grow them out and save those seeds so your grandchildren aren't basically left at the bus stop all alone and have to fend for themselves.
0: Yeah, we talk about it on our writing in our podcast sometimes, the the need to create parallel systems. So what does that kind of mean with society today?
1: My interpretation of that would be to simplify your supply lines as much as possible. And that means reducing The long distance travel that your food, water, energy, clothing, etc., need to travel to get to you. So, you, if you know, we need to have local bakeries, we need to have local people making their own clothes out of wool or alpaca or llama fur. We need to be able to make our own local. Herbal medicines, find our own energy sources, and that's going to be locally dependent. So solar for places that get a lot of sun, hydro for places with a lot of natural precipitation, etc.
0: Yeah. And for me, I think the parallel systems is when you think of parallel two lines next to each other, the one society on the left where everyone is under the control of the government, they get to make no decisions on how they live, what they eat, what they Put in their bodies and then on the other hand you can create all these systems just as you were saying of localized agriculture um education there's a lot of things that you can do to again simplify your your resource lines but it's a way to separate yourself from the the government and the current trajectory of our society
1: absolutely yeah that's a great way to put it because Listen, we can't stop Gates from doing what he's doing or our government doing what it's doing. They're going to continue on into the abyss, but we don't have to join them. So we can make these parallel systems and we can be the change that we want to see. And we're not talking about everyone drop what they're doing right away, sell their house and move into a cave. We're just talking about do what you can with the resources available at hand. Most people have some lawn space. That they can, if you're really attached to your grass, you can still have some grass. But why not grow some more food? Even if it's ten percent of your diet is locally sourced, that would be tremendous on the the whole on the national level, but on the local level, you're creating these areas of liberty and freedom and resilience to be able to handle this because what's coming is that they're going to be as and fossil fuel becomes harder to extract and more expensive to purchase they're going to be doing the martial law they're going to be doing the blackouts they're going to be making up all these excuses about this pandemic and that one and oh it's for your benefit that you need to stay inside and oh by the way you can only buy XYZ using our new currencies. You need to be able to resist as much as possible. And the first thing to do that is through your food.
0: Absolutely. We we talked about it, I think in a in a previous podcast, but we live in a very rural area. We went around one time looking at all of the lawns. Of course there's there's farmland but they are commercially mm-hmm. GMO used GMO crops. Yeah, farmland in the area. But I think we saw less than five home gardens Mm -hmm. that that had intensive food production going on.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when we say that, it's not three tomato plants Mm -hmm. and 10 beans. Right. Which is what you see because some people just grow a handful of tomatoes and that's it. But there's a tremendous amount of lawn space.
0: The thing of it is, it is so convenient to be able to go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You can just drive, you can get anything you want you can get pineapples right now you can get oranges it's not in season but you can you can get it now it's just convenient yes it's easy i love being able to go to the store and get whatever we want when we want but that's not always going to be a thing
1: i know i want to plead with the american people that is it really worth that
0: easy convenience
1: convenience to sell your freedom, your autonomy, your sovereignty, your health to a bunch of psychopathic narcissists.
0: To a lot of people it is. Yeah. yeah. And and then what you were just saying about all the fuels becoming more expensive and and harder to reach. I'm worried about our generation and the generations that are, that are younger than us, because there's still going to be fossil fuels for, uh, a while, yes, probably ten, yes. tens of years. Yeah. But it's just going to be so expensive. Mm-hmm. You, The average person will be priced out of yes. being able to use them. So yes. the only people that are going to be able to actually use them are people like Bill Gates. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, he's still going to be flying around. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's going to be on his, his private jets, his fancy cars. He's going to be
0: shooting around on his yacht. And that's while... You are in your house starving and freezing. Yes. In the dark. Yes. Because you're not going to be able to pay for it. With, with the people who are older, uh, the boomers, Gen X, that have a little bit of wealth stored away, they're going to be able to afford it for a little while longer, but they too are going to be priced out.
1: They, you know, it's interesting for them because they are, as they age, it's things are getting more expensive mm-hmm. things are being more destabilized and they're really in a tough spot because they've had the most abundant existence in planetary history for a human being ever and a lot of them did not invest their lives appropriately no because they bought into the stock market they bought into the of, of not investing in their living capital mm-hmm. and they're aging rapidly and they're becoming very vulnerable so it's a really unfortunate situation all around because you're talking about the young people and it's like th- this this fucking asshole gates he's 64 yeah. and you know you have Klaus Schwab too in his 70s it's like these assholes are making world wide policies that are incredibly lasting and they i'm sure they love that part mm-hmm. but w- the young people are going to be saddled with all the ramifications of that oh,
0: yeah they're not going to be here yeah. yeah i've been talking to uh, a few older folks recently and with their 401ks they're they've lost 25 50 percent mm-hmm. the stock market right now is not going to go up yeah you know and it. Well, and it, if
1: it does it it very well could why not but it doesn't mean that that value that money is worth anything true for the average
0: person you know with the with the inflation that that is just continuing to go up so many things are just so much more expensive i think um i was talking to someone recently with eggs now Mm -hmm. we, we don't know about this because we have chickens we don't we don't purchase eggs it's not something that we have to go and expense for but someone was buying a dozen eggs it was 10 bucks well, which is just—we I mean, should just start selling the eggs, but yeah. But that's not something that you know we think about because we have a parallel system mm-hmm. where we have the eggs here. Mm-hmm. Right? Plus the chickens—they are amazing at tilling gardens, scratching stuff up. Their poop is amazing for the fertilization.
1: That's a whole podcast in itself. It is. But I do want to say, when it comes to chickens, because we love them so much, is that. It is absolutely asinine to have quote, meat chickens. It the is. The amount of time, energy, resources that go into one meal, raising these animals for one meal, is asinine
0: and stupid. Yeah, and dumb. It, it's disgusting. True, but that's just my personal opinion, just because. And, and I made the decision where I said, okay, well, I'm just not going to have chicken, period. Mm -hmm. Where we just stopped eating meats because it just doesn't make sense to kill them for that. Mm -hmm. I can understand for a community, right, where you all get together and maybe there's a cow that's butchered and everyone can have meat or a pig or something like that. But to expect meat for every single meal all of the time, that is a 21st century privilege.
1: Yeah, and it's greed. Yes. It is. It's just greed. Plain and simple. Because once again, no one wants to factor in the responsibility, the energy, the time, the
0: resources that went into creating that one meal. Yeah. And the multiple chest freezers filled with meat. What's going to happen when the lights go out? All that meat spoiled.
1: Well, that's a problem too, is that we're not talking about this collapse of a civilization is not something that is immediate. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's as, at least ours, is as long-term as what John Michael Greer talks about. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's an ongoing, generational, multi-generational experience. So consuming your way, like the prepper mindset, is the consume your way out of a consumption problem. Mm. Wow. And I don't see it as realistic and intelligent. It's not a. It's not a good reaction to something that is long term.
0: Seems like it's just a band aid. Yes, it's just a. It's a band aid. It's a, It's also a mental band aid because if you have those, those prepped things, you think, oh well, I'm I'm good. I have the food and I have uh, maybe some like stored fuel or something to cook it. Um, when that food is gone, which it goes mm-hmm. pretty quickly, especially if you don't ration it correctly. A lot of survival food that in the deep pantry has really low portion sizes. Yeah, people don't true. understand that. But to kind of go back into it, what else do you think people can do right now? Because we can't take on Bill Gates, we can't take on the corporation. Why bother? Mm. Because you know, Sun Zhu says, "Why fight a battle that you know you're going to lose? Yeah, you you you're going to lose it. Yes, uh, and you know, we we can't stop paying our taxes because." unlike them we will go to jail for it yes exactly so it's about simplifying especially your resource lines Mm
1: -hmm. right yeah your supply lines need to be as local as possible but i also want to encourage people to tap into that personal creativity that inspiration that has been repressed and enslaved by your nine to five by the crippling debt that Americans have and to start thinking about what inspires you, what makes you happy in life and to start thinking oh, okay, maybe if I enjoy knitting, Mm -hmm. I could get some Angora rabbits or some Angora goats and thinking of ways of how I can start doing this locally to start making additional income for yourself and then to actually start being a really great resource for your community. Because I think even with our community here where no one wants to talk to anybody else mm-hmm. and they are shut up in their own house I mean basically even though we're in rural Appalachia, it everyone acts like we're in the suburbs mm-hmm. that there'll come a time where people will be forced to come outside to be forced to say hi and be polite and hopefully it's that way instead of come out and try to bust down your door and take your food and your animals but hope you know to try to figure out ways that we can be more self-sustaining at the local level and that's what i'm trying to do with the chickens you know Mm -hmm. that's an ongoing project of trying to breed locally adaptable chicken breeds that will be able to be really sufficient feeding themselves and foraging for their own food and that's what i'm trying to do with the tea to make a locally sourced product
0: that's really beneficial to health and overall being
1: absolutely yeah because you know we can't grow coffee here Mm -mm. the plant will die so thinking of different ways to uh source things at the local level
0: yeah and i also think obviously this is kind of my shtick by mental health and emotional intelligence it's so important right now to to sit there and think about your emotions and how you're feeling and how you're understanding everything that is going on Self-care is incredibly important. You know, do stuff that, that makes you happy. Uh, get yourself a, a treat when you're at the grocery store. Or, uh, you know, give yourself time to calm down and to and to unwind at the end of the day. You know, instead of just mindlessly scrolling on, on social media, which is a way of detaching yourself from reality it's 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 to numb and and to entertain um but go maybe learn how to draw or paint or do cross stitch or uh, create your own music there's so many different things that that people can do instead of just waking up going to work coming home watching youtube or TikTok or something going to bed and doing it all over again yeah we need to take a little bit more time for ourselves and to understand ourselves because there might come a time in the near future where the internet doesn't exist and you're not able to do this. You're not able to numb yourself.
1: And what I want to interject and say is like, this is a desperate plea to anyone listening that we need you. Mm-hmm. We need your expertise and your creativity and what you excel in to help us make that transition to a different world that isn't controlled by a handful of psychopaths that isn't controlled by people who don't give a damn about human health and safety at all, or our planet at all. Yeah. You know, we need people like you to find your inner passions and your purpose in life and start directing that towards a local economy.
0: Yeah. And we also need your innovation we talked about it when we were on Jim Kunstler's podcast that us two, we're doing it here and we're thinking of different ways to simplify and make this easier or make this more simple. If we had other people that were doing that all over the world in their own climates and ecosystems, we could find out so many different ways of taking the technology that we currently have and we're able to use and making everything more more simple and hands on. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mm-hmm. know. I was just thinking this morning when I had breakfast that how wonderful it would be to have a local bakery.
0: Yeah.
1: and it can be out of someone's kitchen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be a two million dollar
0: facility. Yeah, you know, someone in the local in the community that that makes English muffins for everyone or something. You know, and and you can pay them where we can pay them in eggs, or someone else could pay them you know, in maybe they grow tobacco or something like that. It's Mm -hmm. a, it can be a system that's all localized.
1: Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like, we don't need these people to tell us how to live our lives. Mm -mm. You know, the human species has done quite well without that. And we're going to be okay in the future without that.
0: And at the end of the day, we're all the same. You know, we're, we're all people on this earth. We're sharing this space, this commons together, Mm -hmm. No one is actually better than anybody else at doing anything. Mm-hmm. you know. So we need to have more cooperation and bring it back to the local level. Yeah. And thank you everyone for listening. If you haven't already, check out newrevenantsociety.com where we have articles and other resources for you to check out. Uh, maybe listen to some of our old podcasts and let us know what you think. Thanks again, guys. Until next time.